Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Well, you're about to meet someone that I truly admire. His name is Tim Story. I admire him for several reasons. First of all, he's the best-selling author of several books, most recently, The Miracle Mentality that was published by HarperCollins. But Tim is super influential behind the scenes with lots of the world's famous people, high-profile people. Now, he's been featured as a public guest on shows you know, like Oprah Winfrey and interviewed by Steve Harvey in the Today Show and Good Morning America. He's been featured in People Magazine. He's also worked behind the scenes with people in their private lives. This is people like Charlie Sheen and Kanye West and Charlton Heston and Robert Downey Jr. Like this man is known for his heart and for his love and for his passion and his message. And he also has become one of the biggest personal brands in the world. He's got millions of followers online. He speaks at several of the biggest events. He works with lots of the biggest companies in the world. And he's an amazing humanitarian. He does all this humanitarian work, donates his books to refugees, and is just a really wonderful guy. And we're actually just meeting for the first time. But he also is very, you know, like me, he takes his faith as a very serious part of his life as a believer in God, thus the miracle mentality, which is why we had to have him here today. Tim Story, welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. What a privilege. And thank you for that nice introduction. (laughs) Well, buddy, I want to just jump in with miracle mentality because... I know that you know countries around the world are using this, companies, high-profile executives, people in one-on-one coaching, and you know, you've accomplished a lot as a personal brand of what a lot of the people listening hope to do one day. So can you just tell us like what is the miracle mentality and start us off there? So as you know, a miracle is something extraordinary, uncommon, not normal, and not natural. And then the mentality, as you know as well, is a state of mind. It's a perspective. And it's been said for probably 100 years that your mindset is yours to set. Your mindset's yours to set. So growing up in Compton, California, we had seven people in a two-bedroom apartment, cramped, crowded, okay? But one of the things that my mother had was a miracle mentality. She always used to tell us things like this, like we may be lower income, but we're not lower class. Amen. This is only temporary and we're on our way somewhere. So she really created hope and expectation, even though we're in a cramped and crowded environment. So as I got older and I got into church, into faith, I started hearing all these great stories about David and Goliath and Abraham having a baby with his wife, Sarah, and they were both very, very old. And it just began to build my faith and build my mentality into this miracle mentality. And I took it into deep, deep research and decided to write a book about it. And it's working. Mm -hmm. So 
What do you think? Why do people struggle to believe in miracles? It's, you know, I mentioned to you that for the last year, I've gotten just captivated by this little project, I'll call it, you know, these seven questions that intelligent skeptics should ask about Jesus of Nazareth. And one of the big disclaimers in there is that people struggle to believe in the supernatural. And I sort of talk about why that is, but I've never really discussed that with anyone else. So I'm really curious about like, why do you think we struggle with believing in the unnatural, the supernatural? Talk to me about that. Okay. So I think it's two things is that I believe that number one, the miracle mentality is innate. I believe that we're made in the image and likeness of God. And so inside of us, we believe in the miracle mentality. And I know this for a fact because I've been to 78 countries of the world. Wow. When I go to third world countries and I talk to little kids in Soweto, South Africa, and I say, what do you want to be when you get older? And they're five or six. So say things like LeBron James or a little girl will say Beyonce. They never talk about they want to be something that's less. They talk about miracle mentality. Little girls, they may want to have a party that includes unicorns. Little boys, they want to play with Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man. They never want to play with something ordinary. So I think, number one, it's innate. Hmm. Secondly, it's learned. I think the main reason that people lose the miracle mentality, Rory, is because of disappointment. Hmm. They got disappointed. So they believed for something, they expected something, and it did not happen the way they thought it would. And the disappointment started to break down the miracle mentality. So that's a good question, right? So how do you handle that, right? I mean, I think that's what, when people hear about prayer, you know, they struggle with it. And, you know, of course, like ancient scripture says, like, you know, if you you believe in me, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. But then you pray for, you know, like I think of my wife, AJ. So my wife, who's also my business partner and she's the CEO of Brand Builders Group, you know, her mom got cancer when she was 15 and her mom prayed fervently, fervently for healing, had prayer chains. And yet her mom died, right? Yeah. She lived longer than they expected, quite a lot longer, like a year longer, but it was, you know, that's, that can be devastating to people's faith. So how do you reconcile that, right? How do you reconcile believing for the miracle, having the miracle mentality, but when the miracle doesn't show up, this gap between those is disappointment? Yes. What's the response there? That's a great question and something that a lot of people are, that are watching right now, you feel, because we've all been through different disappointments with belief, and then it didn't happen. So I think that life is not black and white, that it's most times gray. It's like in the middle. Like, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why do some people say they got healed of cancer and then someone else did not? So it's not black. It's not white. It's many times gray. But here's what I believe. I think that even though the miracle did not happen the way we wanted it to, I think in the form of healing, healing is a process. Some people are healed instantly. Some are healed gradually. And in the Christian faith, we believe some people don't get healed till they go to heaven, where there's no more sickness, more tears, no more sorrow. So, you know, we want the miracle on earth, but the miracle of everlasting life is still a miracle. 
but I believe me, I want the miracle on earth. Mm. So I would say to somebody as a spiritual leader and advisor that that is frustrating, that is disappointing, but we still have to believe in miracles and believe that God is still able. And in the cases where it does not happen the way we want it to, we kind of just put that in a file that we say, at this point in my life, I don't understand, but I still believe. It's almost like following your parents. There's times that they gave you guidelines or guidance or direction, and you didn't understand it, but maybe at times you still followed, even though you didn't completely understand. But I go through this thing where I say you have to learn to believe in miracles and expect miracles. And expectation is a very difficult thing for people, again, because of the disappointment. Yeah. So when you say expectation, yes, what do you mean by that? And, and I do think the parallel, it helps me a lot. I, I feel like I've learned more about my faith walk than ever before by having children because I understand like they ask me for candy. Sometimes I give it to them. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's the right thing. And sometimes it would be damaging to them, even though they don't realize it. Right. Sometimes they want to tip back in their chair and they think that's fun. But I say, hey, no, we're not going to do that because I've got a perspective that they don't have. I've got a foresight that they don't have. But then, you know, how do you continue to have that expectation where you ask and maybe you're let down and maybe that happens again and again, or like you pursue your whole life pursuing a dream and then you don't get it, right? You don't get to the end. You don't get drafted in the MBA. You don't get the call from the record label. How do we keep expecting then? So I think the expectation has to be based on something, okay? Okay. And so like, for instance, I was at a friend's house and I had forgotten something and he said, let's just order it on Amazon Prime. Then it will come the next day. <laughs> and at that point, I didn't know what Amazon Prime was, that it was next day. And so at a certain time, he opened the door and there it was, there was the box. So based on the fact that they say they'll deliver by this time, he opened the door expecting for it to be there. So in the realm of faith, biblically, there are promises of God. And based on those promises from God, then we are allowed to have faith and expectation based on those promises. And okay. so there's an interesting scripture in the Bible, Proverbs 12, 11, It says, he who works his land shall have abundance, which is a lot. But whoever chases fantasies lacks wisdom. And so a fantasy is something that does not have substance to it. And so sometimes people are chasing fantasies and they think that's faith. But I think that it has to be based on something, whether it's a promise that God gave you or a scripture that God gave you or a knowing, as, or as Oprah Winfrey says, uh, aha moment where you have a download. And I think you've had that in your life where sometimes all you had was like a word from God and you moved on that word from God and it worked. And so you based it on something you felt like you heard from God and you stepped out in faith. How do you hear the difference between God's prompting, what Christians would call probably the Holy Spirit, 
how do you know the difference between that and like a crazy idea or a fantasy or just, you know, like, how do you discern which it's like the voices inside my head, right? How do I discern which voice is the voice I should be listening to? Which voice is the one that guides me towards the miracle? Phenomenal question. So in the 80s, I wrote a book called Good Idea Versus the God Idea. Mm. Good or is it God? <laughs> yeah. And good can be good, but God could be better. So there's a scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Okay, how? So I teach a very simple thing. We need to stop, we need to look, and we need to listen. And then the Bible says, my sheep, they know my voice. Hmm. Now, when your wife calls you, even if she had a cold, you could recognize her voice. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If she coughed in the middle of the sentence, you'd go, that's her. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So the more you have a connection with somebody, you can understand and know their voice with more clarity. Hmm. And the way I teach people is we have to stop, meaning we become human doings rather than human beings. We need to look to God and have alignment with him. And then we need to listen. And that listen is that quiet, whether it's meditation, whether it's prayer, driving in your car, in the shower, in the ice bucket, in the mornings, however you do things. But really that quiet time, think about this in your own personal life. I bet there's some times where you've got some really cool downloads by just stopping, looking, and then listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I'm always a big fan of that old saying that when you pray, you talk to God. And when you read the Bible, he talks to you. And I've found that to be the thing that the number one way for me is just like when I'm listening to God's word, like literally on my phone, listening to it out loud, like a voice, you know, reading of, of it or reading the word, that seems to be where I hear most clearly, which to your point, it's like, you know, that's when I'm closest to God. So the voice is a little clear. I love that illustration of being. Like that to, I like to add something to that, because I think that one thing I think that you will enjoy about my type of teaching is that I don't think everything is like just an absolute. And I feel that stop, look and listen. That's part of it. But also in the Bible, it says there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. Mm -hmm. So before I make a big move on something, like I have some projects that are, I would consider like bigger moves for me. I go to people that I feel like I can trust. And because I have blind spots, because I'm within myself, and they may say, Tim, I like this, but you already got three things going on over here. Mm -hmm. I like this, but are you sure it's the timing? So I think that, you know, we got to hear the voice, but we definitely have to check it with people that we believe are also hearing from God. Mm -hmm. So what's the biggest thing you've ever believed that actually came true? I think that Oprah Winfrey, who's become a phenomenal friend, like we're real friends, we were sitting in her backyard one time and she said, at what point did you know you were Tim's story? And I said, at 10. And she got very emotional. She said, about the same age for me. Mm. And she said, what did that look like? Because you have to understand, we were lower income. My mother worked at Winchell's Donut Shop. 
My father died when I was 10, but he was just a guy who went to 10th grade and worked at Bethlehem Steel. And someday I would go to 70 countries, speak to 85,000 people by the time I was 28, and get a doctorate in world religion, a master's in therapy. I mean, who would have thought that when I was this lower income kid at 10? But man, I just knew. I knew that I knew that I knew. And I think that most of you guys that are watching right now, if we asked you at what age did you know you were supposed to do something fantastic or that was supernatural, it was supposed to happen, you could probably give me an age. So at 10 years of age, there was a knowing. I didn't know how I was going to get there. And I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I was going to have big impact. I really did. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. I think, you know, I wish I could recite the exact study, but I remember reading a study that was about, you know, successful people and they were looking for common characteristics and they, that the most if i if i recall it was the number one thing they all had in common was that they believed they were supposed to do something great yes and they somehow had that what if someone has never had that belief yet like what if you know they're sort of listening and going you know i can't pinpoint that moment you know but like is is there anything that you would say to them yes so i think dennis waitley said it close to the way I say it in the 80s. So I always like to cite people. But I talk about how we learn through education, conversation, and observation. Hmm. And one of the things I do with inner city kids is I take them to places that they've never been before. So if they live like inner city in LA, I might drive them to Beverly Hills and let them see Rodeo Drive because that's an observation of something bigger than themselves. Hmm. Or we'll take groups of kids to Disneyland because they've never seen Tomorrowland, Frontierland. They've never seen anything like this, right? And so I think that if you don't know what you're supposed to do through education, of even watching documentaries, through conversations like the one we're having right now together, and through observation, it will stir up that thing that's already been there. Because I believe it's already doggone inside you. Mm-hmm. So what you were supposed to do was in you while you were in your mother's womb. And so it was in you before the foundations of the world, Ephesians 2.10 says. It was there. The pathway has already been paved. Now you just have to be in alignment to your assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I think about my own life. I remember being in sixth grade the first time we were in the gymnasium. And a speaker walked out and they were speaking and it was like, 
man, it was like in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, I'm supposed to do that. And it's, uh-huh. it, I've never heard it said, I mean, there's so much power in the observation. I mean, it's interesting when AJ and I first moved to Nashville, mm-hmm. we, we lived in this part of town called East Nashville, which was like, you know, the up and coming part of town in 2010. And one of the things that we did was we drove down, you know, this very famous street in Nashville, which was like all these huge houses in the whole area. And then when we sold our company in 2018, we moved to that exact area. And it's like the awareness of it is a lot. And it's almost like seeing somebody else do it, it makes it so much more real, so much more possible. Like the belief barriers that we set in our own minds, the limits that we set are exploded by things you can go witness. I mean, I've never really thought about the power of just go and be in the environment, but like I have that a lot nowadays, like, you know, like Ed Milet, we were talking about him before seeing the response that his audience had during his book launch, like blew my mind, right? I had just never seen anything. And to be on the inside of like what that looked like, it just raised my belief level by simply being an observer and just being around what was going on. 100%. And there's so much power in the sight. And as you know, biblically, it says, seeing those things that are not yet as though they are already. And so when you begin to project and you begin to see by faith, but again, I think you saw your life before it started to manifest and that we get these glimpses of what we should be doing. And part of it, yours was seeing a speaker, but then other things, seeing a house, seeing a neighborhood. And I've been fortunate enough to be mentored by a man named Quincy Jones for the last 36 years. And to be around Quincy Jones is pretty cool because he worked with anywhere from Frank Sinatra to Michael Jackson. And they just celebrated his 90th birthday the other day at the Hollywood Bowl. But, you know, in seeing what this man has done from coming from where he came from has helped me to see that if he could do it, I could do it. If he could do it, I could do it. If he could do it, I could do it. So that's very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. Do you think, you know, you and I share a Christian faith here and we share a source of truth that's, you know, very, very clear. Like someone may not agree with the Bible, but, you know, it is clear on what it says. If someone doesn't have a clear faith yet, right? If they don't associate, do you think it's necessary that they have a specific faith in order to access this miracle mentality or like, you know, is it available to anyone or, you know, how do you tap into it if you don't have kind of like a churchy background, so to speak? I think I want to say that if someone does not have a faith background, I could see your point. Cause I think that a lot of the representatives of faith have not always brought like clear messages by who they are, how they talk, how they do business. So I don't blame anybody. But I would say again that the miracle mentality is innate. Because even if you don't have faith, I still believe you're made in the image of God. And there's something inside you that says, different, better, more magical. And that's my my famous story about Walt Disney. He walks into an amusement park in the 1930s, and he said, someday I'm going to build my own amusement park. But mine's going to be different, better, and more magical. I'm trying to tell you, every one of you that are watching right now, at one point in your life, you thought different, better, and more magical. 
Mm. Whether that's because of faith, religion, or just what's in you innately. But I would say to you, step out in who you're supposed to be, different, better, and more magical. And then, if possible, open yourself up to the supernatural realm because it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And if you grasp hold and you do kind of take ancient scripture that says that you're created in God's image, it certainly is a lot of, there's a lot of power there, you know, at your access, you know. if, if there's, there's no doubt about it. And the more, the more, I like to study like all these documentaries, like I was watching one on David Bowie. I mean, I watch ones that my inner city friends would be like, why did you watch that? <laughs> interested in human beings. And this dude had like a miracle mentality and he wasn't into like religion or like Jesus Christ, but he just knew he was David Bowie. But I personally believe again, because he's made in the image of God and that side of him was thinking different, better, more magical. I mean, little kids, man, they just, they want to rise. So another thing that I think is pretty amazing about you, there's so much in your life story, but you've done stuff with the Dalai Lama and you get into a lot of conversations and a lot of circles where it's like, normally you wouldn't like maybe have a pastor there having that conversation. How have you balanced, you know, like when it comes to like building your personal brand and your public profile and making money from speaking and writing books and those things, how do you balance your strong personal conviction of faith and a source of truth with a respect of other people who maybe don't believe what you believe? And how are you bold, but, you know, kind of compassionate and like, you know, not hiding or, you know, not apologizing for what you believe, but, you, you know, like, Talk to me about that balance. Yeah, I think that in the Bible that says you are like an epistle read by men. Like, so if you're walking around and you're a Christian, that where you go, it's like people are reading you. Another way of saying it is that you can walk around like a billboard. So a lot of my strength is not in what I say, but the spirit in which I walk in. So your buddy, my buddy, Lewis House, yeah, he did a documentary. And thank you, Lewis, for putting me in that documentary so much. And Jay Shetty was there and some other people. And one of the big influencers was there and he shook my hand and we know each other. And he, he told his friend, he goes, damn, every time I get around Tim's story, I feel like this weird supernatural peace come on me. <laughs> the other guy goes, crap you're not even joking and then someone else overheard and they go i'm not even joking so i'm telling you i hear this all the time that the tim walks in this supernatural peace and i really do mm -hmm. ed Milet and other guys will say like tim can see a fire like starting and just slowly look down and go like you know guys there's a fire we should take care of that <laughs> uh... <laughs> I really believe that, number one, I'm a chill dude anyway, but he will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him, meaning God. And so my strength, whether I'm around the Dalai Lama or P. Diddy or Jay-Z or whoever, is I'm not always talking Bible stuff. I'm just owning the gift and the life that God gave me. Hmm. And I'll tell you, 
man, I work with, as you know, so many celebrities that are so far from the things of God and then get so close to the things of God just by somebody breaking it down and making it realistic. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you one final question on that. Before I do that, where should people go, Tim, if they want to learn more about you and connect with you? Obviously, we'll link to Miracle Mentality, that book, but where else would you point, folks? And thanks. I think old school, go to timstory.com. I like what my boy Derek did on our website. So timstory.com. And then on Instagram, I'm timstoryofficial. Thank you. That's so great. Well, if somebody is listening right now who is struggling with an addiction Mm -hmm. or is in that dark place, struggling with, you know, a marital affair, got laid off from their job, you know, if they're not anywhere near this space and this supernatural peace that you're talking about, but they're instead overwhelmed with anxiety and depression and fear and worry, what would you leave that person with? I would say, number one, don't put yourself down. So a lot of clients I work with are famously on TMZ and people will say, man, I know you work with that guy or that lady. She's still not fixed. I don't think we ever all get cured. I think we get better. So don't put yourself down to for where you're at. But what needs to happen is somehow you need to become awake. These are the steps of a comeback. You have to become awake somehow. The second thing you have to take inventory, like where is my life really? Like what is this addiction doing or what is this affair doing in my life or getting caught in the affair or not getting caught? So you have to become awake. You have to take inventory. Number three, you have to partner with the right people. So that's what you're doing today on this podcast. You're partnering with people who actually care and we're giving some clear answers. So you partner with the right people, but then you need the right principles in your life. And so we're talking a lot about principles. And so become awake, take inventory, partner with the right people, get the right principles, and it'll get you right back on the right path. Yeah, man, I love it. Well, Thanks for the inspiration and the reminder of the supernatural and the divine that lives in all of us and just the confidence that the miracle mentality is something that is available to all of us at any moment and that that can be something that transforms our life. So we'll be praying for you, my friend, and cheering you on, and we wish you the best. What a privilege. Thank you. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 